what's up crew welcome to the studio it is june 24th 2021 and we are i guess officially on uh, episode number 152 gonna talk monetization tonight something that we've talked about before so i would invite uh, everybody to potentially go back if you are um, curious about this topic and all the aspects and Look up past studio podcast, past after hours podcast where we've talked monetization. Uh, hopefully we talk about it in a little bit different perspective and maybe cover some things tonight that we have not covered in the uh, past. Speaking of that, if you are uh, out there in the replay world, remember that you can always use the comment sections down below to keep the conversation going. Uh, as for questions. Tonight, obviously, this is the show where we talk nerdy, but if you have questions of that persuasion, you want to know uh, our thoughts on platforms, software, hardware, uh, content creation, um, ideas, behind-the-scenes stuff in general, then by all means, throw that stuff out there in the live chat uh, to get my attention. You can obviously super chat, and if you do, appreciate that, but you don't have to. You can use that at symbol. Uh, type at CloverTech, all one word, no spaces. That should highlight me. And uh, yeah, get your comment or your question seen. So with that, I guess we can. Um, oh, yeah. Scrolling at the bottom of the screen. I can't forget that. Uh, special thanks, as always, to the Patreon patron crew, to the YouTube channel members, uh, and also those folks that do super chat. So with that. Let's uh, get this uh, party uh, started and uh, jumping in fresh off the train is, uh, yeah, Budget, the artist formerly known, I guess, as Budget. Uh, how are you, man? Good, good. Sorry I'm late. I was uh, attending a little family ritual we do every night, so uh, we kind of pick a TV show and binge watch it. Uh, Today it was Dexter, so <laughs> it's kind of a family bonding thing. Yeah. So watched cool. a couple episodes of that and realized, holy cow, I got to go. All right. So Dexter's right, a little late. show. I'm not so sure it's a family show. <laughs> well, <laughs> my family, yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Joe's in the house. She didn't get only New England. What's happening, bro? Not much, brother. Just working my tail off. Been real busy at work lately. Happy to be on one of these uh, shows. And uh, Papa in the house, 45 ACP. Good evening. Not much. Just work, work, work. Uh, busy time at work for me, but we're still getting product out. Still awesome. producing videos. Good stuff. The uh, illustrious Travis P11. Amen. Gracing us with his presence. How are you, man? Yes. Yeah, man. I appreciate the invite. Thank you very much. Uh, been busy. Been busy going to the range and actually doing stuff for work and kind of doing a little bit of travel. It's been a great summer so far, but uh, I'm glad to be here tonight. Thanks, man. You bet. Uh, TRB in the house, the Rogue Banshee. What's up, Rogue? How much? Uh, been up since two o'clock in the morning working, so I just got the toothpicks in my eyeballs here to keep my eyes open. But uh, yeah, it's good to be here tonight. It's going to be a it's going to be a good subject to talk about. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. Uh, and uh, 
Ghost, also in the house. Maximus Phantasma. What's up, bro? I just got home from a jazzercise workout, and I'm getting ready nice. to throw in the old Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies. So if you hear me panting, uh, that's what it is. Thanks for having me. Maybe the flash dance soundtrack would uh, work as well. Uh, hey, I cannot confirm nor deny that that is playing in my jazzercise uh, every day. So that's yeah. our theme song. That and I the time. You just day. voluntarily mm-hmm. surrendered your man card. Yeah, I need, what, to go kill some. I need to go kill something pretty quick, don't I? <laughs> what a feeling. What a feeling. Yes. So, um, yeah, let's jump into this. And again, if you got monetization questions and you're out there uh, something we're talking about something you don't understand you're confused whatever uh, throw it out there in the live chat or uh, utilize uh, the comment sections in in replay and uh, we'll do our best to to clarify and help you out hopefully we can walk through this fairly smoothly with everybody on the panel got a lot of different perspectives and so let's start out with I guess why we're doing this. I mean, we had a fellow creator colleague uh, that reached out to me through email. He was like, hey, uh, talk about monetization. (laughs) I thought, haven't we talked about that uh, at length? And then I got to going back through past episodes and I'm like, eh, the most recent episode I could find was like October, uh, which uh, unfortunately is uh, with time going by so fast is dang near a year ago at this point. So I thought, well, why not? Uh, Things move fast in the Thunderdome. There may be uh, other things we can add to the conversation, talk about maybe changes that were made. But the first thing, I'm going to jazz up a little bit, not to to build off a ghost jazzercise there. But um, the question probably that I hear most is like, when when should somebody try to monetize? And they're talking about their channel size or their follower size or that sort of thing. I want to, I want to pump that question up a little bit and I want to add a why to that because there may be folks out there that don't understand, um, you know, when they think of, well, why is, why is this channel trying to monetize? Oh, they're just trying to make a ton of money. Yeah. Well, most of us wishes that was the case. Um, even with monetization, we spend far more than we make. Uh, and so a couple of, couple of, uh, questions rolled into one that we're going to start out with is when and why should we monetize or why and when do we monetize either way? Um, budget, I'm going to drop it to you first. Right now. That's (laughs) when yesterday, right now, yesterday, before you even started. Uh, and why? Well, This stuff ain't cheap. This stuff ain't cheap. Guns ain't cheap. We all know ammo ain't cheap. Let's see. The professional organizations you might want to belong to aren't cheap. Your subscription to editing services ain't cheap. Your software subscriptions ain't cheap. You know, the StreamYard where Clover is, is having more than six people on this panel at once ain't cheap. None of this stuff is cheap, folks. None of this stuff is free. So in answer, you want to monetize from the very beginning. It has to be part of your plan. If this is anything more 
than just something for you to funnel money into just for gits and shiggles. Cause this stuff ain't cheap, man. It has to pay for itself in order to do it long term. That's yep. why. Yeah. Um, Papa, you're up. When and why? As soon as you're eligible. <laughs> um, you know, I started this as a as a hobby channel. So, you know, at first I wasn't sure if I was going to be doing this long term. Um, but as soon as I became eligible, um, it was nice to have at least a little bit coming back to me to, to help pay for that not cheap ammo and those not cheap guns and, and everything else that I was doing. Again, you said it, we spend more on this than we make, but uh, it's kind of a labor of love for me and I enjoy doing it. And the more I do it, you know, the more uh, I can try to at least get back uh, what I've spent. Right. Uh, ghost. When and why? I mean, the win is, is I would say two different ways is if, if you're going to start a channel up and you've already got a brand logo, you've already got all that kind of stuff figured out, then go ahead and brand yourself. And we're not talking about necessarily monetizing through YouTube. It's mm -hmm. swag, it's stickers, it's hats, it's t-shirts, it's, it's Patreon. However you want to try to fund your project, do it from the very beginning or at least when you make that trans, like, like budget said, you make that transition from hobby to, Hey, I want to try to do this, whether it's full time or not, but I want to try to do this as a business. And the why for me, I mean, obviously everything costs money, this, that, and the other, you want to try to recoup, recoup as much as you can. But I think the biggest reason why you want to start monetizing your, your product and your brand as quickly as possible is if you're trying to monetize it, whether it's with swag, shirts, whatever, you're going to put that little bit more extra effort into everything that you do. So it's kind of like a, a check to yourself and saying, if I'm going to try to sell swag and all that, then I'm going to try to put the best product out there as possible. And so it's kind of like a thing to check yourself also. Yeah, the money helps pay for itself or at least attempt to pay for a part of what you do for production. But it's also in the back of your mind. If I'm monetizing, if I'm selling swag, if I'm doing this, I'm going to put the best product that I possibly can out there. And I think that's just as important as getting that money in. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe, you're up. When and why? Uh, honestly, same thing as everyone's saying. Whenever you can. It could be a brand deal. It could be a sponsorship. It could be a brand ambassador deal where you get, whether it be a discount code, some type of trackable income. Going off of what budget said, it, it's not it's not cheap. <laughs> uh, cameras, lenses, even say trips to you know Wanamaker Gun sh uh, Tulsa Arm Show, Shot Show, uh, NRA, any type of uh, you know. For instance, Clover, you're in Texas. Texas is a big state, <laughs> so if you to leave Texas is going to be kind of expensive. So you got to add that into it. Plus, at the same time, if you're going to do this obviously have that love first but just know that the quickest way you can get into it either affiliate marketing or whatever i just said do it right uh travis jump in here uh, again I, I gotta agree with everybody else when would be as soon as possible and why don't get me wrong you can get by on filming with your iphone or your phone and, and free editing software but if you want to maybe take things to the next level or improve the quality of your video um, 
and or just you know obviously you know to, to to acquire more more inventory for the channel for things to show off i mean it's it's not free um so i mean it does definitely offset the the cost of what you spend in a pocket. plus youtube's making money off your videos anyway so you might as well try to make something back right rogue jump in here uh as soon as possible you know when i started my channel i was an ffl and I was taking all of my gun transfers, the money I was making on my gun transfers, and that was what was funding the channel. Uh, when I stopped being an SSL, well, all that revenue stream went away. Um, and then now it's like, you, you don't want to get behind the eight ball of trying to bring money in. Um, you know, it costs money to do this stuff. Like everybody else said, Mike was showing cameras, uh, you know, editing software, getting product just to film. Uh, sooner or later, you're going to run out of all the stuff that you have in your house, and you're going to need to start filming something else out, you know, filming other videos of other products. So that costs money. You know, right. range fees. You got to join a range. All that stuff costs money. So do monetize early just so you can keep going. You know, this is when you first start monetizing. You're not going to you're not going to get rich overnight. Um, yep. You know, I'm three years into my channel. I'm still in the red. Yeah, and I think the vast majority, or I don't think, I know, the vast majority of the channels are going to be that way. Everybody, I think, has covered pretty much everything I would have said. Um, but, I, you know, I will echo that as far as the when and the why, kind of the same answer to both of those, in my opinion. And several have mentioned it, is, is um, whenever you make that decision, that... You want to take it to the next level. Um, unfortunately, that's whether that's production cost or getting to uh, a show, taking it on the road, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's important to, you know, have that backing. And and one of the things that uh, is something that that I'm I've wrestled with this week, <laughs> and that you don't think about, and a lot of people don't think about. Um, but you don't think about once you do have those mechanisms in play, uh, whether that be something like a YouTube channel member, a Patreon patron, or you do subscriber giveaways, or you do other things. Um, you don't think about the non-production, I guess, costs of things. Um, now, Budget down there did mention some of the uh, professional organizations and, and the membership fees associated with that sure but you know after the the giveaway for me friday you know i'm looking at a couple hundred bucks and that's that's on top of what i paid for some of the things that was given away not all of the stuff uh, i had to pay for not all of the stuff was was uh, sponsored or donated or given to give away but 100 percent of the shipping cost and that's the supplies that's the boxes. That's the envelopes. That's the labels. That's the ink in the printer. That's the postage, right? Um, you know, all that goes into it. And, and that's not even, that's just putting it back in, putting it back out there to the folks, right? Um, so it's, it all boils down to a reinvestment in the channel. And we're going to get to uh, some of the options for monetization. Uh, that was that was hit on in this first segment a little later on, and we're going to compare some of those even. Um, but before we 
get down that road because there are, I got to thinking about this and I'm like, you know, I don't know that we've ever discussed this when we were talking monetization, but there are positives and there are negatives when you start thinking about monetizing in whatever way, shape, form, or fashion that might be. And so let's take a minute, run through the panel, uh, and let's just discuss some of the potential positives and potential negatives. I think folks more so on the negative side don't think about that. Obviously, the positives, it's like, wow, you know, I can make this money and I can you know, get new gear and upgrade this. But they don't think about some of the drawbacks that potentially come with monetization. Um, Ghost, we'll, we'll kick you off with this one, if you don't mind, with uh, potential positives and negatives of, of monetization. Yeah, I mean, the positives, I mean, let's just be real. The positives is you're trying to recoup as much money as you can. You're still going to be in the red, let's just be honest, but you're trying to recoup as much money. But more importantly, when it comes to like swag, but it's T-shirts, patches, stickers, hats, all that stuff, you know, you're not going to make much money by the time you buy those items and you sell them, plus shipping costs and all that. You're going to make a couple dollars per item. It's not a lot, but what that is is getting your brand, your logo out there to the public. Um, your viewers that want to support you through that stuff, they, they're they part of that crew now. They, they can wear your hat, they'll wear your shirt, put your sticker on their safe, wear their patch on their bags or whatever. That's all cool. Um, the negative side of the monetization, though, is you have a lot of responsibility at that time. Once you start monetizing, and I'm not talking about monetizing through YouTube. I'm talking about monetizing through swag or through Patreon or Amazon. You know, there are a lot of different ways to monetize your brand, but now that just adds that much more work to just producing videos. And some people that are, have limited time, this is a hobby, they don't do it full time. That's just an added stress factor, an added time factor to everything else that you're doing. So if you're setting aside you know, eight hours a week to do the YouTube thing. Well, now you're going to add another hour or two per week. If you're going to come up with new shirt designs or, you know, you got to keep your stock of your inventory up. Or if you're giving your videos on Patreon channel members early access, which means you can't just make that video and release it that day. You want to do it a few days ahead of time so that they have early access. So they're getting something out of that membership. So it, it does. It adds another factor of time, of stress, of responsibility. Um, but once again, you're, you probably aren't going to try to monetize unless you're willing to take that extra step. But it is. It, it is definitely an extra responsibility. Uh, Joe, positives and negatives. What's your thoughts? So positives also, I from what I've seen, I'm, I'm not monetized yet, but I'm working my way there especially even on the youtube side you can once you're monetized especially depending on what you have for a channel your videos will get recommended more so you can potentially get more viewership which is a positive and not even just monetize on youtube so going off of what ghost said think of it as a brand you're monetizing yourself there's certain social media uh like tiktok instagram all that stuff you can monetize at different levels. Uh, TikTok, I think it's like 10,000 followers or whatever. And depending on your content, you can skyrocket to that very quickly. So 
not just monetize on YouTube, but you can monetize across different social media as a brand. Negatives, though, you're under a lot more scrutiny from YouTube. Us being gun channels, our videos get flagged a lot if we don't follow the criteria. That would probably be the biggest negative in the gun tube world. And uh, I was waiting for that to come up. Roll call out there says uh, you can pick and choose the videos you want to monetize. Something I don't have in my bullet points for tonight. Thank you, Roll Call. But on the heels of uh, Joe bringing that up, and I'm sure some of the other panelists that we've yet to, to get to were thinking that because because I was. Um, yeah, we will cover that. So thanks. Thanks, Ro. Uh, Rogue on uh, positives and negatives. You know, everybody else is pretty much hitting the same things. The uh, the other, I'm going to hit on one negative, and it's not going to affect anybody in their first few years, unless for some reason they take off as a channel. But realize this is a business, and that's income. So you want to make sure you keep some pretty good record keeping. Um, even if you're not making that much money, you want to make sure that you're, uh, you know, the stuff you buy. You want to well, make sure that you can prove you're losing money. Yeah, taxes are a thing, right? Taxes are a yeah, thing. Absolutely. So, you know, not to be the, the downer there, but yeah, you, you're going to no, be people, responsible for that. Yeah, there's a reason that I wanted it, and I framed it positives and negatives because I don't want to be all negative. But, you know, there are things people need to, it's not all sunshine and rainbows or, you know, fluffy bunnies and unicorns, unfortunately. Yeah. There, yeah, there are issues that you run into, particularly when you're talking about the IRS. I mean, that could throw you in a totally separate tax bracket or anything else, especially if you have a full-time job already. Absolutely. So, I mean, you got to make sure that you realize that this is a business. Even if you're doing it for a hobby, you still need to realize it's a business. Right. Um, Travis, jump in here, positives and negatives. <clears throat> so positives, I guess for me, is when you generate a channel that has enough content you've got i don't want to say like a reliable source of monthly revenue because i'm thankful every month i get an adsense check because i never know when that's going to be taken away from me but it's nice to know that you've got content that generates revenue you don't have to constantly put a lot of pressure on yourself to do like four videos a week i used to do three videos a week and I'm, now i'm down to two um just to kind of give myself a little more time so it's kind of neat to have that happening that's a positive yeah, the, the passive um yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, and again, like everybody says, you, I do put back about 30% for income taxes in savings because I have to pay in roughly 30% of my earnings a year uh, because of the way that the taxes are filed on that for content creator. Negatives, however, you know what I'm going to say. It's the disappointment you feel when your video gets flagged with limit or no ads. You can't get it flipped around. And, you know, you've tried your best to follow guidelines and, and you still get smacked with it. So instead of getting four or 40,000 views on a video, you're going to get 400 or 500 because it's not in circulation. So that for me, that's the negative. That's the biggest disappointment when you burn six or eight hours of your day making a video. And, and you know what? If it got no money, that'd be fine. But I would still like to get the video to get out there and get some circulation and help people with the content I produce. So, I mean, I love especially my cleaning videos. You know about that. So, yeah. Um, so uh, for me, that's the biggest disappointment. That's the biggest negative of it all. Yeah. Uh, Papa, jump in here. Yeah, I think uh, the panel covered quite a bit of it, um, you know. You know, recoup some of that money back. That's always a nice thing. Um, you know, getting your name out there, you're growing your business. Um, and negative might be it's a lot of work for a little return, especially at first. You got to put a lot, lot of work into it to to finally start building that that uh, 
you know, snowball rolling down the hill. I mean, I think my first, you know, monetized check there, you know, when I first went into my AdSense was like, oh, I made $6 this month. Wow. (laughs) So, you know, we're not going to, you're not going to just, you know, make buckets of money right away. There's a lot of work that goes into for not a lot of return. Um, and then, you know, some of the stress sometimes when you get some of the adpocalypses and you and you look at how is that going to affect my channel? What did I do in the past that may not be monetized now? Um, you, you get a little bit of that, too. All right. Uh, budget, kind of close this one out. Um, you know, I got to echo what was said before. Taxes, taxes, taxes. That's a definite negative uh, that uh, you need to be aware of and you need to be on top of, you know, set when you get that, when you start getting those AdSense checks or when you start getting, you know, checks from selling merch or, you know, one of your other streams of revenue, make sure you set that money aside for them taxes because Uncle Sam wants it flat out. As far as positives go, you know, uh, about being monetized, it's a sense of accomplishment. It's, yeah, I finally made it to that point. And then, you know, it's kind of as silly as it sounds. If you go into your analytics and and you see how much money a particular video made, it's kind of a way to keep score, you know, with with money is the points. Uh, It it just, I don't know, it kind of gives you a thrill to be like, Hell yeah, <laughs> I made that much on that. Sweet. Even if it's, you know, 10 bucks. <laughs> right. You know, it's still like, hey, I made 10 bucks on that. Sweet. So that's a now, that's a definite positive. Stan out there, SS Pawn, uh, says, uh, how much time do you have in a half hour video? Well, I don't shoot half hour videos because I've got enough time in a five minute or three minute video, quite honestly. Uh, it says you're your time is worth something. And, and that's absolutely right. I mean, it's time away from family, time away from kids, time, you know, um, you could be doing other productive things and potentially other hobbies, even if it was weaving macrame that, to sell at the county fair um, that, you know, could be generating some type of extra revenue or something like that. Right. So, you know, yeah, the old saying time is money. Um, I do want to run that if uh, Stan will stand by on that question. I do want to run that through the panel. Uh, but again, we had roll call. He says you can pick and choose the videos you want to monetize. And I do want to talk about uh, that just a little bit because I, there's there's quite a bit I have learned and that I can speak on that. Uh, before I get to that, though, Ghost said he had a follow-up. So go. Oh, yeah. I wanted to, you know, kind of touch on a couple of things that have been said. And, and I thought that that's the way it was until recently. And it's kind of been verified from YouTube that there are obviously it's a massive platform. There are many algorithms that run YouTube, but uh, I've been told it's been verified that the algorithm that suggests videos and pushes videos out to audiences does not know whether a video is monetized or not. So uh, I think that's a big misconception. If you get limited or no ad, that doesn't mean that they're not going to push that out as much because the the algorithm doesn't know if it's monetized or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here is what, and I kind of figured you were going to, you were going to lead with that. So um, I'll, I'll kick this one off with roll calls and then we'll kind of run this one through the panel and talk about it a little bit. Cause I think it is important. Uh, again, he says, how do you pick and choose the videos you want to monetize? First thing I think you have to understand 
that when we talk about YouTube, you hear people say the YouTube algorithm. Okay. Well, first of all, um, it's absolutely, not only is it absolutely naive, but it's absolutely untrue to think that an undertaking, a platform, an infrastructure, something is massive, billions of users, millions of channels, um, it, to think that there's only one algorithm. There's not. There's an algorithm for like just about every single function almost of YouTube. Totally separate algorithm. So when you're talking about um, the algorithm that serves up content, right? It is not related to tied into the same algorithm. It's different than the monetization side of things. Um, it doesn't look at all that. However, there is a monetization algorithm. There are key factors between those two algorithms, as well as the uh, compliance algorithm, the community standard algorithm, the YouTube partner program, all of this, these different algorithms tie to different policies, right? Um, it's complex. People like to think it's simple. People like to think it's a CEO, a bald CEO with his bald cat sitting in an egg-shaped chair up in an ivory tower somewhere, pushing buttons and making nefarious, biased decisions. Um, and nothing could be as far as the way YouTube is set up as a company. And again, the way it's set up as far as the infrastructure and the tech and everything else, nothing could be further than the truth. There's many, many, many uh, moving parts and pieces to all of it. So I once fell into that trap as well over the last year. Uh, I've come to a better understanding of how it, how it all works. And while I do see, because this is one thing, and I'm, I'm sure it's one of the reasons Ghost spoke up and said that, I have seen, I'm big on looking at my analytics. And I've seen issues in my analytics that are like, whoa, hold on a minute. Um, so this one's yellow, this one's not monetized, this one's monetized. And I start looking at three videos, different types of monetization levels. And I go, well, they, it, didn't, it didn't push this one or it didn't push this two, right? But the thing is, if I go deeper, which you have to do, not all videos are created equal, even if they're on the same exact item and the same exact topic, the way that that's presented, the context, there's a lot of things that go into making one different, inherently different than another, especially when you've got AI and algorithms and things like that, uh, that are looking at stuff. So when you throw that element of randomness into it, right, on top of the multiple algorithm issues then there's like okay this is it looks that way but there's statistically right there's no way it could be that way there's no way youtube as far as the platform and the way it works is that simplistic there's no possible way so then the question becomes which is what that um what am i thinking that um the question becomes what roll call said is you can pick and choose the videos you monetize. Um, and I think that's a valid approach. I'm going to give an example and then I'm going to run, I'm going to let the panel kind of talk on this as far as um, picking and choosing videos to monetize. But so with me uh, and something that I would advise to 
any viewers that are out there. I know the vast majority that watch this live and in replay or creators, you're doing things on your own, which is wonderful. And that's what this particular podcast is designed to do is inspire you to turn on that camera, turn on that microphone, let your voice be heard. Um, But when you're talking about live streams, um, the monetization, the way monetization works specifically with live streams, and it does not matter one bit about the niche, <laughs> um, is absolutely unreliable and crazy. And it has to be because how do you monetize something that's live and fluid? This is so, all this show is supposed to be PG. It's supposed to be talking about, you know, things that are seemingly benign as far as any policy would be concerned, but any guest at any time and or myself could say something and it throw it off. Well, here's the thing until it goes into replay. So when it's live, it's got one, basically the algorithms put it into one monetization category. And then when it's parsed and processed for replay, it's something totally different. So if you're, if you have a channel, I got a point. I promise. If you have a channel, um, my advice is to push for people using the super chat option or push for people to become channel members or push for people to become Patreon patrons and just don't even bother monetizing. Just turn it off for your live streams because you're going to make more um, off of the viewers feeding it than you are leaps and bounds than you are through the advertising, assuming that it even gets a green, right? A green during live and or the green during replay. Um, so there is merit to that um, with turning the monetization off on those things. Um, the other things we have to, you have to be aware of when you're, you're picking and choosing, when you're talking about a video, we have the ability to self-certify. Now, when you self-certify for your monetization, you have to understand some nuance from the YouTube side of things. Uh, and I've talked about this at length for a while now that there should be some, some policy clarification and changes coming soon, specifically to the firearm niche. Um, that I think will help with monetization. But if anybody's out there, they've got questions, concerns, whatever with that, um, then hit me up. Um, this is one of the things I was going to bring up actually with the positives and the negatives. And I promise I'm going to get to the, get back to the panel and, and get off my uh, rant. We've got some more questions out there too, um, is you have to weigh out. Do I put links to X, Y, Z? It could be coffee. It could be any freaking thing, right? But Links that are in your description, even if they're not links that directly go against policy, could potentially affect advertising. Why is that? Because if I'm advertising coffee in my uh, description, which is really not against any rules, and there is a coffee company on AdSense that sees their ad being played on a video that's promoting another coffee, then that creates a problematic area. Right? Um, so just be mindful that sometimes that can be a negative when we're talking monetization uh, in the form of AdSense for YouTube. Um, and just be mindful of those, those links that you're, you're putting in there. Um, 
yeah, Rogue, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in um right quick. We are gonna move on to the options for monetization and we got a couple more questions out there. But uh, on roll calls here, uh with picking and choosing what you monetize. Got any thoughts on that? Yeah, actually I do. Um, you know, I I haven't really chosen many videos to not monetize. There are some that I've chosen not to just because they're in a gray area and I know they're in a gray area and I'm just not going to poke the bear at that. Um, other times, there's times I choose to yellow monetize because of policy and I think that it's this meets this policy that it warrants limited monetization. So I'll, I'll flag it yellow. And uh, what's funny is even though you flag it yellow, if you ask for a review, they'll still do a review. And I've had some that flagged yellow that YouTube actually turned green. I had one of those happen just yesterday on me. Totally thought it was going to stay yellow, and they turned it green on me. Um, and then uh, for me, I have a project coming up that those videos uh, I'm not going to monetize any of the videos because I decided to choose to put, you know, basically my own ad into it. And that's going to cause some problems. So I decided not to, to monetize them at all. So I'm going to answer uh, our tech and daughter's question. I don't think anybody will, anybody has the insight to answer that. So before we move on um, with uh, choosing what to monetize, he says, uh, I have two video posted and scheduled to be released and uh, was still and one was, has still been in a review now for two weeks. What gives? What else can I do? Um, you need to go through your uh, YouTube studio and you need to contact support through that. Um, that feature and function does work. Um, and try to you know just get them. You need to ask them that question. Um, the reason I tell you that is I know for a fact there was some issues with the review system where some things got put into the queue again we're talking about youtube never has problems right never no no not a big huge complex machine that is youtube but yeah they had some glitches and some problems uh rogue fell into this trap uh he'll attest to this uh but um yeah it, it slowed down the review process and and uh, i say slowed down they lost a bunch of reviews and i'm talking like tens of thousands were like they were, they're in the queue, but they're not in the queue. So uh, some type of escalation needs to be done. I would say contact support first. If you can't get any recourse through support, and I can't stress this enough, when you contact support, number one, be civil and nice. Don't curse them out and be mean. Um, but number two, screenshot every single thing that they say. Um, that way, if you do not get a resolution, you can share those screenshots with me. Because YouTube wants to know when their support people are screwing up, not telling the right thing, not taking care of creators, so forth and so on. They want to know this. And so you need that, that communication. We need that communication to be able to give to the people when I escalate it for you. Um, that way they can go thump that particular reviewer person, support person, whatever it might be on the head and say, hey, knock it off, right? Uh, I don't care if you're having troubles with your girlfriend or it was your lunch break or whatever. Knock it off and do what you're supposed to be doing, right? Because uh, 
YouTube has bad employees, just like every other company has bad employees. So, um, Joe, going to jump down with you. Um, get your thoughts real quick on what Roe said here. So, can uh, you can pick and choose the videos you want to monetize. If you got any thoughts on that, let them rip. So, from what I understand, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. If you're going to monetize, especially depending on your content for gun content, like how-to tutorials, like that, there is there is terms and conditions in the YouTube studio on what the rules are for what you can and can't post and how it can affect your monetization. So if I, you know, if I was a betting man, if you're doing like how to install XYZ part or how to be like anything like modification or alteration of a firearm, I wouldn't monetize something like that, but if you're like showing off whatever product that doesn't want to get everybody in a tissy, yeah, monetize that. But it, from what I understand, that even sometimes you're limited. the The yellow symbol can affect your viewership, and it can affect. No, it doesn't. No. Okay, so no, thank you for that's, correcting that's that. That's sort of what we went around. There, there. Okay, that is a that is a myth, and you can show analytically, analytically, right? There is a straw man argument to be made for that analytically. But again, if you truly deep dive into context of videos and different things, and that's where I was going to correct you as well. That you said, and here's a problem that a lot of creators, and I'm trying not to be high and mighty with this. But here's the problem with a lot of creators fall into this trap. A lot. And I'm not talking about just firearm people. I'm talking about 99.9% .9 of everybody that has a channel that has uploaded a video on YouTube fall into this trap. You said, oh, if I was a betting man, well, why do you have to be a betting man? There's, there's policies. You can go read those policies and start trying to dissect those policies and talking to people in other niches and your own niche and comparing videos and the context of said videos and all kinds of other things to where it mitigates a lot of that having to bet, right? Of having to take a chance. Um, but with what you're talking about with, uh, yeah, installation of, of certain things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But even gear, uh, certain gear, there are over enforcement issues right now going on. Uh, even when you, we talk about certain gear, I mean, we can talk about night vision, for example. Uh, odds are that's going to be uh, over enforced. Uh, body armor right now is something that uh, often even though there's really not a, a policy issue with that either, can be over-enforced. Um, and that has to do with, not that it's our problem being able to discern policy, but those that are enforcing the policy being able to discern the policy, right? So take this to a real-world example. Texas just passed constitutional carry. So all that has to get disseminated to law enforcement officers. And if for some reason they're not up to speed, aware of criminal code in Texas and blah, 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 blah. Well, that trickles down to the average person. And, oh, all law enforcement officers are crap and blah, 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 blah. Why? Because one officer is a dummy, dumb, dumb that doesn't know what he's supposed to be enforcing. Right. Um, so we've got problems, I guess what I'm saying. Uh, on on both sides uh papa i guess we're on to uh to papa right um 
jump in here on uh, on uh, roll calls thing. Uh, monetize to monetize or not to monetize on content. Most everything I do, I make to monetize. Although there are a few things that I have done, um, you know, some short videos or some range footage or something like that that I have opted not to monetize. But you know, for the most part, I try to stay, you know, read those policies and stay within policy. Um, as for you know, yellows uh, limiting your audience, I think three of my top five are all limited. Right. Um. So. Got some barbecue out there with the $5 super chat. Thank you, sir. Says uh, 20th thumb. I'm late to the party as usual. That's okay. Can always back up or go back later on. Uh, and there, there's an example of $5 super chat. And that's probably more than this podcast would make uh, advertising revenue, even on a good day anyway, because it's not going to get enough views. Even if it had a $15 CPM, it's not going to get enough views to, uh, to make five bucks. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> budget. Coming down to you, uh, to monetize or not to monetize with content, certain content. I monetize absolutely everything except my live streams. There you um, go. I found out that my live streams were continually getting uh, yellow dollar signed. And even though I didn't self-certify them, it was wrecking my self-certification rate. Right. My self-certification self rate, even though I didn't certify the live streams, it autom apparently it automatically read it as if I did certify them as good to go. Yep. And YouTube said, Nope, they're not. So my yep. self certification rate at one point was 14%. Yep. Um, that's why I stopped. That's when I stopped. That's why I stopped. Yeah. When I stopped monetizing mine, my self certification rate is now fine. And I almost matter of fact, I think since then I've only had one video get yellow dollar signed immediately and then it got flipped to green on review so right i think that lately the youtube gods have been smiling upon me or at least their reviewers and their algorithms so yeah that's 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 so, one reason why i don't monetize the live streams let me ask you a question about your live streams since uh mm -hmm. since you did run through similar issue i i had mine started a year ago, back when self-certification first started, I, I immediately noticed that. Um, yeah, it took me a minute. But with um, when you went live, so you created a stream and you went live, did it immediately go yellow then or did it go yellow in replay? I don't know because I'm paying attention to running the show right. while I'm doing it. I just gotcha. noticed that as soon as it went into replay, I, that's when I noticed it was yellow. Yeah, that was that. what I was getting is it would be green fine as long as I would live, but within just a few minutes of it, you know, the live ending, you'd yep. go over there and it would, it would be yellow every single one. And my self-certification rating would be tanked as well. Yep. Um, ghost bringing it up to you. You kind of got the ball rolling on this in, in some way, but see if you've got anything else to add on, uh, monetizing certain things and not others. Yeah, I, I don't monetize my live streams. I don't monetize my shorts. Um, most everything else, I'll go through the self-certification process. And if it comes out green, it comes out green. If it comes out yellow, it comes out yellow. If it comes out gray, it comes out gray. Um, I will say this. If you plan on putting an Amazon link or an affiliate link that goes along with the product that you're trying to push or whatever, 
um, go ahead and demonetize it because you're going to make more money probably on those sales of transactions. Even if you only sell one, you're probably going to make more money on that than the video will make. Um, so I, I usually will either not monetize some of those or if it goes yellow, I'll just, I don't even care at that point if it goes limited because the idea of those links that you're trying to get to Amazon or the affiliate links are going to way outweigh the money that you're probably going to make on that video anyway. So uh, for the most part, I, I don't necessarily care about the monetization of the videos. If it goes yellow, I do want to be consistent. You know that I, I want them to be consistent, but I don't necessarily care because I'll have other avenues of monetization. You guys still there? Did I kill the string? I don't know, I'm, man. Okay. <laughs> Might have killed Clover's mute button. I was in the middle of a coffin fit. Uh, Carolina oh. EDC's <laughs> out there before I go up to, to Travis on this and close this out, and then we can can uh, get to G-Webs and then move on. Uh, Carolina EDC says, I got my first strike today on a two-year-old video due to firearm content. Uh, oh, got it reversed. Uh, it got put back in minutes. Okay, okay, I see it. Okay, so cool. I was fixing to say... Uh, let me know if I can uh, hit me up email or something, if I can potentially help with that. Uh, and I was going to ask, was it actually a strike or did they just take the video down? Because I've seen a lot of that. So with all the, the vitriol and the screaming bias and foul and all this on YouTube, I see a whole lot more channels. They, they still complain just as much as they did when they actually got a strike for it. Um, but I've seen them go, Oh, they took so-and-so video down. And I'm like, yeah. And they did not give you a strike three strikes and you're out. So if they really wanted you gone, why would they have not given you a strike? Right. Um, so I think sometimes we're, we're a little bit hard on YouTube when we shouldn't be one thing that, that I want to follow up with ghost here, uh, 100% Amazon influencer stores and Amazon links are not safe. I will repeat if you're getting yellow consistently you need to look at your description i will repeat you need to look at your description not only that but what are you saying on screen okay um if you're pushing to specific websites hey go over to palmettostatearmory.com or you know as an example right this isn't monetized so who cares um problematic right uh, but here's the thing currently, and, and I suspect, I think, I hope uh, in the next few months, we're going to see this as far as the enforcement side of things, we're going to see this change. But um, as far as sites specifically, things mentioned in policy, sites, scopes, what's the other one? Sites, scopes, anything you scripts. attach to an AR-15? <laughs> sites, no, wrong. Sites, scopes, it's way more my case. broad, made more broad than that. Sites, scopes, grips, grips stocks. Thank you, thank you, guys. Sites, scopes, grips, stocks are sold on Amazon. If you link to any of those, they are listed in policy. They're listed in a separate section of policy. It is an over enforcement. I'm not telling you YouTube is right with doing this. They're not. It's something they're looking in trying to get. Uh, some stuff back in as far as the corporate fixed as, as far as enforcing that because that should not be an issue. But currently, uh, if you have those kind of things in your influencer store and you have an influencer store link in your description, 
that is very likely what's turning it yellow. If you are directly linking, obviously, to any of those products on Amazon, and you may think Amazon's a big, huge company, right? And it's anything they sell should be good to go. No, it's not. And I don't got any more explanation other than Amazon's one company and YouTube's another, and their 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 policies are at this point are different as far as enforcement goes. Uh, so just be mindful of that. You may want to take out any of those Amazon links and then try to um, get a review after that. I'll also say this. If you push to your website and your website has that Amazon link, that could be problematic. I see people that are crying foul, but they're pushing to their website and there is all kind of ads for uppers and lowers and doodads and whatnots. Um, and that's the same as sending somebody to a landing page, right? So uh, just be mindful. Uh, that is something that should lighten up in the near future, but uh, could potentially be uh, a problem. Uh, Travis, jump in here. Close us out on what to monetize, what not to monetize, uh, okay. like uh, Rokal yeah. was, was talking about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your question, but I need to counter with a question for you because it actually has to do with my response. So like uh, what Mike was saying with the uh, self-certification tool, that's had a huge impact over me over about the last 12 months of what I do monetize and what I don't monetize. And I've noticed I, I, all that, you know, I'll do videos on uh, several types of a particular product, say scopes or, you know, AR-15 attachments, whatever. And I'll notice that a certain type of video and a certain type of product, whether it's different brands or not, you know, they'd all get limited or no ads. So eventually I just stopped monetizing those videos. Um, because I, they were all getting yellow and it was killing my self certification rating. And, and I'm going through what actually gets limited or no ads and what doesn't, I, I've noticed some patterns. Um, would it hurt me in any way, shape or form, or would it be bad for me? Or would it draw some sort of attention to my channel? And I know this is maybe it's an ignorant question, but if I go back and request a human review for all those videos that either got flipped yellow or. I certified as yellow. Would it be a bad thing for me to go back and request a review on those 150 or 200 videos that I'm sitting on that are limited or no ads? I don't think it's. it's I don't think it's ever a bad video to go back. No, it's, it's not a bad idea to go request human review on each one of those because I feel like when I do that, like a week later, another 25 get added to limited or no ads. I feel like I'm bringing it. I, to I, my I don't know. I don't know what's you going know. on that you feel that way, um, because I don't. I don't have things that, that randomly, arbitrarily, seemingly just flip, flip back and forth all the time. My sense, especially since self-certification, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, have, don't. I don't yeah. have things that I don't have things that randomly flip in the past. I can sort by monetization and then it's like the same videos over and over and over and over and over again. Well, cause um, I've had some, maybe as policy has changed or something in the algorithm has changed. I've had more videos. Yeah. Human Not input, lot. human Not input, lot, but yeah. So, so human input contributes to the algorithm, and I can tell you because I've been a part of it. Human input has been, um, there's been a lot of human input over the past year uh, to try to help with the algorithm. Um, now, that being said, if you're going to go back and resubmit, now this could be even after a policy change. Like I said, we yeah. we sort of expect, and this is not necessarily breaking news. If you follow Creator Insider. Um, and uh, and the creator blog blogs blogs and stuff like that uh, that YouTube puts out uh, they've alluded to it already. Um, so you know definitely when that happens. I mean even if 
again, even if you've got a hard yellow, in other words, it, it's went through a review process, you can go through creator support and you can ask to have that escalated and looked at again. Go through the, the, the creator uh, studio and YouTube uh, and the support feature there. And you can ask to have that done again. Now, you can't repeatedly, right? Uh, no, and they no do log would. and they yeah. do log video IDs. Video ID is a thing. Uh, they do log video IDs and, you know, it attaches to, to uh, they have to keep track of all kinds of data like that, obviously, in order to be able to administrate the system. Um, but, you know, they're, they're able to tell if somebody just keeps on and keeps on and keeps on mm -hmm. uh, trying to do something. But, um, yeah, particularly after a policy change. Or after you think, oh, well, now I've gotten all of these links out of my descriptions. I've got all of this stuff cleaned up. But the, unfortunately, this has had a manual review. Escalate it. And then if you, like I said, if you don't get any recourse, make sure you screenshot all of that. That way you can get it to me. And then I can uh, I can see what I can do from there. Yeah. But I, again, to answer your question, I look at those videos that that get what, what that type of product I was doing a video on. If it, if a bunch of that particular type of video get the limit or no ads on it, um, then I no longer monetize that video. So I've kind of learned, you know, to follow the policies and that, that does have an influence over, over what I do monetize when I don't monetize. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, it's because I've wanted to boost my self certification rating too, you know? Right now rogue out there uh, has got a, an interesting one and then we'll get to, uh, we'll get to budget, bring him in. Rogue says, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. If you self flag yellow, then do a manual review and they flip it green. It counts against your self-certification. Yeah. Remember the self-certification rating is certifying your stuff correctly. So if it's supposed to be green and you mark it yellow and they flip it green, that's going to count against you the same as if you mark it green and they flip it yellow. So there's no difference as far as the rating is concerned. Uh, budget. You said you had a follow-up go. Yeah. This is in reference to linking. So I just, I want to yeah. be clear here. You know, say you do a review of, well, for instance, I have a video that I shot today that is reviewing some upgrades I made to my XDAR EP9. Uh, I'm planning to do, um, publish on my website a companion written article that talks about these products that I've used to upgrade this, this, this firearm. So if in that article that I link to in my description or a pinned comment or something, if in that article I have links to these products on my website, because I link to my website from YouTube to that article from YouTube, YouTube could say, yeah, no, we're going to demonetize this. Yes. Ask me how I know. Yeah. It happened to me too. Yep. Now my wow. suggestion, my suggestion is embedded text, right? So link, like we do on gear report. Yeah. Know, yeah. I'm yeah. Talking to you. Um, that's a much safer move than actually legit saying, here's a link um, to just highlight that input. And then if somebody goes, you know, maybe a manual reviewer overlooks that maybe they don't consider that because it's not a blatant. Here's a link. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I think that can, can potentially be a way around some of it. Uh, but yeah, if, even if it's a, even if it's a link, to a site that links to a site that links to a site, right? If there's a pathway that, that, that blatantly gets you there, then yeah, that's going to be the issue. Um, that's nine. Now I want to address, good Lord, we got to get back on track here, but I want to address Carolina ADC reviews since I was given a hint 
about uploading videos. Another bigger YouTube channel told me if you upload the same video multiple times and wait till one turns green, it usually stays green, and then delete the others. Here's the problem with that. You're tanking your self-certification rating. So you're ruining every bit of trust that you have and that YouTube sees in the Fire Niche community. Um, they see us as trying to play the game, rig the game, uh, whatever the case may be, game the system, uh, rather than, as I've been doing, working with them to get things resolved, right? They need to know that if there are problems, they need to know that there are problems. And they don't do that by you subverting all of the systems and mechanisms in play. It doesn't make YouTube a better platform or a better space for all of us by doing that. Uh, LW Road said, I thought it was locked after one manual review. You can go back after a period of time and re-request. You can re-request and request for it to be escalated at any given time. Yes, absolutely. People do not use, again, people go on, they post their stuff, they complain and they gripe, and they never once, because I know because I ask them and I say, hey, you got screenshots for that? Or do you? what did they tell you when you contacted support through the creator studio? And they didn't even do any of that. They just want to complain. So go through that. Uh, and if you, again, if you don't get any recourse, then um, get with me and let's let's work on that, because maybe we got some employees that need some pop knots on their head. Right. Um, so. <laughs> good Lord, we got to get back on track and we're going to do it. I promise you, because we're over an hour in at this point. I didn't know it was going to get this crazy. Um, we're going to do a, a bit of a little palate cleanser because G webs out there, uh, says, what is the long-term return on investment? Uh, if many folks are planning to spend a lot of time over the years on their projects, what's the result satisfaction? in thousands of successful commercials. So that's a typical G-Web question that's more complex than I can comprehend at this point. But I know, Ghost, you put it in the side chat. You want to address that first and then maybe give us a direction on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're talking about monetizing videos and all that. It's kind of what was put out there by G. And I mean, whether or not it's exactly what he meant, I took it as, is, you know, if you're doing product reviews and all of that, and that's what you're doing, which you could consider as commercials, what's the return on investment? Well, the return on investment of your time and money to shoot those videos on a monetary, on a monetarily basis, it, it very, it could be zero return on investment. It very well could be. But as a content creator, if you're putting out there, – there's, there's two different ways of looking at it in my eyes. If, if you're putting out that content to try to sell a product or something, mm -hmm. then you're taking the chance that you just wasted five hours and $500 on that ammo or whatever or that product costs or whatever to, to film that video. But if you look at it in a different way is if you're trying to put out quote-unquote commercials or product reviews – that could actually help someone become more proficient, get better, have better stuff to be reliable, whatever that case may be. The return on investment is a simple comment from someone. Wow, man, thanks. I didn't know this was out there. I got to go get one or I had no idea this existed. You just changed everything or now I can shoot easier. Um, 
you know, I have an astigmatism. I never heard of a prism scope and now I can actually see a reticle and not be all blurry or whatever. To me, that's the return on investment for those quote unquote commercials is helping someone enjoy their firearms more. So wow. it depends on if you're talking monetarily or you talk about return on investment just being, hey, you help someone. To me, that's really important. Right. Well, and and part of what I read read into that, uh, I'm going to open the floor up here on this because it's going to be easier. Uh, but part of what I read into that when we talk about long term is I think about, about what Travis pointed out earlier i mean i've got so many videos that are just passively making money and you know they didn't make crap i mean some of them i wasn't even monetized at the time they were put out right but they've hit search strides here and there they've caught those search waves or whatever the case may be um and they've just consistently and progressively with me doing nothing they're just on the channel um so that's something to consider too that when you put out a video, don't just think, oh, well, you know, I can't make $100 on this video in the first month. Think about how much that's going to make you long term in conjunction with all of the other videos that you're producing. Um, and somebody out there in the chat was they were talking about spending money and and about, uh, you know, revenue streams and how it all adds up. Well, the ad revenue, we're talking about that, that you're you getting off of your multiple pieces of content that adds up as well. Uh, as far as G's uh, comment slash question, anybody, anybody else want to jump in on that before we move on? I'll take that as a no. If so, you're too late. So let's get back on track. <laughs> and uh, went through two of my like seven bullet points. So we got to blow through these uh, other ones pretty quick. So, Let's give some specific. There may be people out there. We've talked about a lot about YouTube ad revenue. Let's let's get out of that. I don't want to talk about YouTube ad revenue anymore. The rest of these bullet points have nothing to do with YouTube ad revenue. Let's get away from that because I think we get hung up on that entirely too much sometimes. So let's talk about options for monetization other than YouTube ad revenue. And let's be specific if we can. Papa, I'm going to start you out on this one or some op oh. different options for monetization um you've got options if you can figure out um oh yeah some of these other websites monetized websites um i'm i'm struggling with that myself uh, i've done a little bit of uh merchandise and it doesn't sell a whole lot i've done uh you know some other stuff that's something i struggle with and i need to get better and i need to spend the time and do it uh, budget, jump in here on some options. Well, of course, there's Patreon, there's channel memberships, there's, uh, you know, you can branch out and do affiliate marketing uh, via written articles and whatnot on your website or someone else's. Uh, you can sell your own merch. You can branch out into related stuff like you know one of my streams of revenue is teaching firearms classes uh you know shortly i'm i'm going to be selling uh holsters and leather goods and all that stuff that's you know kind of in the related niche to what the channel is so you know, it just it, it's your options to monetize your social media presence are just about as limited as your imagination 
If you can figure out a way to make a buck on it, make a buck on it. Right. Uh, Rogue, what's your thoughts on uh, suggestions, whatever, on some options for different options for monetization? Well, I, I like to say that, uh, you know, when I started my, my uh, channel, I started off with a website as well. Because once you have a website, you can kind of control some things. Uh, you know, you can get on a website, you can sell merchandise, you can get your affiliate marketing game going on, and you can do advertising on your website. So not only can you advertise on that website, but then you can get into the Google uh, algorithm, start ranking for a video you have on YouTube because you embed that into your, into your channel as well. And you kind of get a double boost out of that. So, um, you know, everybody else said, you know, the merchandise and affiliate marketing, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way. But I'm also with uh, 45. You know, I have a hard time with the merchandise stuff. It's uh, it's new to me, and I'm trying to get into that game. So it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a different learning curve for me. Travis, options for monetization. You know, I'm just thinking uh, long term here. This might seem a little bit crazy, but you could build up your connections in the industry and your YouTube portfolio and just your knowledge of just the whole industry in general to try to find employment in the industry. You might be able to work with one of the companies with marketing or be a rep for that company or get hired by that company because you've got knowledge and you understand the customer. I'm just thinking whether it would be for the marketing side of it or uh, getting hired by the company directly because you understand their products and then when you use you for R and mean, there's a lot, I mean, that's kind of the, you know, well, they seem kind of rare, but I've seen people do that in the YouTube industry, move on to the industry itself. So, so. not to, not to, uh, not, not to derail your train of thought, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be um, for an actual company in the firearm industry because there are marketing firms that oh, yeah. handle all kinds of clients and accounts. So you could essentially get on board with one of those marketing firms and probably your clientele would be in the outdoor firearm space, but um, that's you a little get, different. Get hired by Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops or, you know, somebody. Yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, but a marketing firm is a little bit different than working yeah. directly for a, oh, yeah. for a company like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, that's a, that's a good point. Use but, but again, echo what everybody else says, and then subscribe stars the other one that I haven't looked into, but I know the the few big channels that use that. So, yep, for monetization Absolutely. options. Uh, Joe, monetization options. What's your thoughts? So, like I said earlier, the different social medias you can use, you can monetize through that way, where you can reach other you know companies as well. Same premise as YouTube. Where you know you get sponsorships or whatever, especially if you have a podcast or you have, you know, it, it uh, like these live chats, you can get the, you can monetize this somehow outside of YouTube. But also, if you do other hosting platforms like Odyssey, technically, you once you sign up with Odyssey or Library or whatever it's called, that has some type of cryptocurrency. It's a crypto that you can actually use. Doesn't get you a whole lot, but that is some type of monetization um brand deals can be very big for uh smaller channels depending on the content they make 
and some you know if you're lucky enough to where even if you're not like monetized on youtube you have a smaller channel if you have a genuine like outlook and how you portray whatever you're trying to show in a video some companies will actually consider that and be like okay let's get the let let's take this guy on the payroll or let's get our brand with his brand and kind of cross promote so outside of youtube there's different streams of monetization or revenue yeah absolutely um ghost close out on uh options for monetization oh there's limitless ones um you know i i i'm not the only one that writes for different websites and magazines I, i've ghostwrited some articles that have been published and been paid for articles uh i'm working for two separate companies now that um i create videos for them they pay me cash to own the rights to those videos like they just they straight up pay me exit it's, it's some of it's absurd money but they'll pay for you to make them because they don't have anyone working at their company to do videos. So they say, well, Hey, we like what you're doing. Would you be willing to do this? Sure. And, you know, make a video a week or once a month, or whatever they're asking for, and they'll pay you for it. And one of them was actually turned into a possible job offer to work with an actual company to do their media for them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's one of those things where there's all sorts of stuff that you do. If you take it seriously and you try to do a great job, you never know who's watching your stuff and they might look at that and say, I like his personality. I like this, that, and the other, he kind of fits what we're trying to do. You never know who's going to reach out and say, Hey, I enjoy your videos. I'm the media director for XYZ company. And we're looking to start doing YouTube videos, but we don't have anyone that does that. Would you be willing to come along and do that or do some work for us and do some contract work with us? And you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. Get creative, write some articles, People forget that the print media is still, you know, whether it's print in a magazine or newspaper or on a website, print media is still a huge thing. So utilize everything and every possible valuable thing that you can do to maximize any kind of dollars that you raise, because that's the biggest thing is if you're just nearsighted, but I want to make money on YouTube, you're missing out on 99% of the opportunities out there. So yeah, just be creative and, and have an, a, an idea of what you want to do. And honestly, the biggest thing you can do is don't say no to any opportunity because you never know where that opportunity is going to lead. Well, and, and, and I'll follow that up. I've got a, a few things, but I'll follow that up by saying think outside of the box and you might even innovate some new way of doing it. Right. Um, now, a few things we've got our tech and daughters out there said uh, he's been working with two out of the five gun shops in this area. So I'm a big I've said this for years, um, you know, working with some of your local places. And it could be the local pizzeria even. Um, maybe you shoot a online commercial for them like like Ghost said. Maybe it's not even industry related necessarily, right? Uh, but you know, you've got a presence, you've got these skills, you know how to do these things. So maybe you do something like that. It's not even a, a local gun shop. The other thing, when we talk about writing and, and some of the freelance work, uh, it is an investment, which we've talked earlier about investment in our channels with organizations like Palma or organizations like Ciopa or whatever it might be. But there's, there's freelance job opportunity, not only job opportunities as 
Travis was talking about earlier, but freelance opportunities as well to just take pictures. Um, I see things come across Poma all the time that if you like to fish, oh, good Lord, at the and all they want you to do is take some cool pictures uh, and you can submit them and get paid for, you know, submitting different types of fishing pictures. And what, what do they do? They use those in different articles that other publications and whatever may write. Right. I mean, they use that in in magazines. Uh, the same way as you might use a picture in your video for B-roll or something like that. Same, uh, same concept. Uh, and then one thing that nobody talks about, but it's entirely possible. If we're talking about recouping funds, um, then you've got companies that send you product. And does this is does this suck? Yeah, on some level it does. But they send you product. You test. You review. You do all of your stuff. And you get to keep said product. Um, nothing is stopping you from selling that. Um, you know, you've basically done, met your obligation. You've done what you were supposed to do with it. If they let you keep it, you know, if they sent you a hundred dollar scope, turn around and sell it for 20 bucks to your neighbor. Um, is that video going to make, how long is it going to take for that video makes 20 bucks, right? About that scope. Um, whatever, whatever it, it, it is, you can see what I'm getting at. And especially if you get sent a firearm or something like that, uh, particularly if it's one that's like, eh, it's okay. I, you know, I, I enjoyed working with it, but you know, it's not necessarily anything that I, I love and I want to, I want to keep around forever. Uh, part with it, throw it out on the used market. Right. Um, and that's one way. Now I would, I would advise against being really selective and careful because one of the perks of holding on to some of the product that you are sent is you never know when that might, uh, that product might catch a stride later on as far as evergreen content. And you can revisit that item or comparing old model to new model or a lot of different, uh, content later on. So, you know, I would advise if you go that route, be uh, strategic with it for sure. Ghost G is uh, calling you out, so I'll uh, catch his right now. He says, question for Ghost. He says, that's interesting. Do you think they look for content that is close to the norm for maximum reach for a role like that, or do they look for creative content? I, I can tell you that the first company that I started working with, they enjoyed how I did my top five lists, and they were wanting to do some stuff for their website for that specific type thing and they're willing to pay i can't tell you but i'll say it's hundreds of dollars per video to do top five list form so i do it once a week i'll put a top five list form they, they kind of give me the criteria of what they're looking for but they give me creative control over what i put in that it's just hey we're looking for something about this go with it and i'll do it and they'll paypal me the money like that day it's pretty cool the second one that I'm working with now actually came from a company that I've used their products a lot. And the CEO actually called me and we just started talking on the phone and it turned into, man, would you be willing to do some videos for us? And if so, what would you charge? And I threw a number out there and he says, oh man, that's, that'd be great. Started doing some stuff with that. And then it turned into, well, would you be interested? What, what would it take for you to hire you? And I said, well, I've got a full-time job and all that. And so, so I threw a number out there. He didn't balk at it. And so it was one of those things where that conversation came out from just, 
he sees that I put out stuff about their products that I've been using them for years. And he called me like straight up. The CEO literally just called me and said, Hey, I want to appreciate you. You know, always kind of publicizing that you got another holster from us or whatever. And, and just want to kind of pick your brain and, and, and talk to you about your channel. Cause we don't have anyone that really does videos. And when I want to start doing videos, what do you think we should be looking for? And I kind of told him what you should be starting doing and all that. And he goes, would you be willing to do some of that? And I was like, yeah, I could do something like that if I have time. He goes, well, what would you charge? Boom, 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 boom. Then 30 minutes later, hey, would you be willing to work for us? And I was like, well, I mean, everyone's got a price. But I think a lot of it came down to some companies are looking for specific types of videos. And they're searching YouTube to say, who does this type of video and who does it well that they might be able to use? I think a lot of it just comes down to having relationships and talking to people passing out ideas and if your ideas and their ideas mesh and your personalities mesh and everything lines up sometimes it's just one of those things that kind of falls into place but I, the answer is is i think that every company is looking for something different you just got to figure out what they're looking for and if you can offer that then go with it and if not then you sit there and say i i, I can't do that or that's not something i'm interested in but maybe i, I know someone that does and you pass that on to someone like Budget or Clover or Travis or Rogue or 45 or Joe or whoever and say, this guy kind of does this niche and he's really good at it and he does good quality and all that. So I think a lot of it just comes down to they happen to find a channel that does what they want it to get done. And if they like your personality, they like your, 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 your quality of content or whatever they're looking for, the criteria, you match up. Like I said, both these came out of the absolute blue. I mean, absolute blue. A one phone call and one email, and next thing I know, I'm I'm, I'm doing basically contract work with them. It's great. Yeah. Uh, budget. You got to follow up. No, I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send it to budget. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't talk about publicly. Uh, I have talked to Ghost privately. But, uh, yeah, I had a company reach out to me. Yesterday, day before, I don't remember. I actually talked with the CEO today on the phone. Um, that was a similar situation. So, G Web's question creative over successful. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't view myself as a, as a big, I mean, obviously, I don't have the numbers, right? Uh, but they specifically uh, was looking for some people to work with on their on their stuff. And what did they do? They did a, a YouTube search. And when they did my video come up, and they were like blown away with, the context that I used and, and the way I framed everything and just the way that everything was presented. It's like, that's exactly what we're looking for, for our, for our, our stuff. And so that led to, of course, a uh, more of a conversation. Um, now I want to compare some of the, these monetization options uh, before we get out of here, because there may be people out there that have heard us mention you know, YouTube channel members, Patreon, Subscribestar. They, we've talked about swag. We've talked about Spreadshirt. We've talked about uh, Super Chats and, and PayPal. Now, there was a question up here earlier. I think it was Stan that asked about, I don't know the, the percentage split, but he's like, how much do does a creator get off a $5 Super Chat? About three bucks. <laughs> um, it's, it's 60, 40, I think, uh, to the creator, roughly. Uh, I think on ad revenue, it's 55, 45, I think. Uh, but don't quote me. Don't quote me on either one of those, but roughly half, uh, 
but you know, roughly half and more so in favor of the creator, thankfully. <laughs> um, before we move on, if I can get through with my coffin fit, uh, G Webs did when we mentioned Palma, we mentioned Ciope, says you have to pay 250 a year, uh, to get to those job listings. Well, you have to pay 200 a year for Palma, $75 a year for Ciopa. Um, and that is not for everybody, I will agree. However, um, it, who in here is a member of Ciopa or Palma? I know Budget is. Are you rogue? I think you are, right? Yeah, I'm in Palma. Okay. So I'm going to tell my story. And then I'll let both of you talk, but I have already, I haven't been a, um, Ciopa was in, at the, uh, shooting sports showcase back in March. That's where I met those folks and ended up getting involved with them. I've already made my 75 bucks back already. Uh, $200 a year for Poma. I gladly signed up, uh, you know, renewal on that. Uh, and within a few months of first joining, I had, more than made my membership up and the same thing happened when i renewed actually both of both palma and siopa they have payment schedules you can actually schedule it for monthly quarterly you know or pay yearly and there's no extra cost or, or penalty or anything to do that and uh, with palma i get it because it's 200 bucks so i am on a quarterly with him <laughs> i had to do that unfortunately because at the time when it was due i just did not have the 200 bucks just laying around um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, is every creator going to be able to benefit? No. Right. So, but if you can scrape it up to try, um, if you want to play and G webs is in a little different space because he's almost entirely on the two a side. And sadly, these are industry level places that are more, uh, toward the gear. Uh, and they're pretty heavy in the conservation area of things as well. Um, so if you do align that, those, those things align with me. Uh, I am a, a hunter. I am a FUD. So um, it aligns and, and I enjoy doing the gear and other things. Uh, budget, jump in here and, and speak to specifically, because we're talking about these different options and things, but speak specifically to your experience on, uh, you're just Poma, correct? Uh, yeah. So, so far I have, I have yet to pull the trigger, so to speak on joining the Midwest version of Ciopa, but it's, that's coming. Um, well worth it for me. I've recouped that money several times over, uh, just based on the contacts and some of the things that it's allowed me to do, you know, some of the products it's allowed me to review and, and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I can't complain at all it's been good to me awesome rogue what about you just palma yeah. right just palma uh but there's a there's another uh there's another version of palma that's actually based here in montana that i've been looking at um but yeah it's, it's 200 bucks is hard to swallow uh, i won't i won't lie to you but that 200 dollars probably bought me that uh brought me almost $1,500 worth of gear. Um, so when my renewal came up and I just renewed uh, earlier this month, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't put $200 down fast enough. So, I mean, it gives you some really good contacts in the industry. Uh, it, it, some, you know, some of them don't answer you, 
but you know that's that's right. normal. But the well, ones they do they want to talk to you? Yeah, for me, it's it's not just gear. It's led oh. to some paid gigs. Um, you know, the money line thing, for example, the freelance that I was talking about earlier. Um, you know, actual cash in the bank. Um, Travis, you unmuted for a second. Did you want to jump in? Yeah, I. <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh at me. I have no idea what Palma or Siopa is. Professional Outdoor Media Association. Okay, Palma. Uh, Southeastern Outdoor Press Association is Siopa. Okay. So there you go. And yeah, we can talk privately in detail more if you want to. Um, but let's let's jump through these last, I guess, three or four here. Should be pretty quick. So we, we talked about again about all these different mechanisms for uh, monetization. And I wanna I wanna compare a few. So maybe people out there that are thinking one over the other. So now somebody mentioned subscribe star earlier. We can certainly throw that into the mix as we're moving forward. But we talked about swag. Uh, and there's a couple of ways, my mind, there may be even more if they are, as we run this through the panel, definitely hit on them. Uh, but you've got in-house swag, and then you've got third-party swag. Now, for me, I use Spreadshirt for my third-party swag. And they do stickers, aprons, tote bags, shirts, whatever. You upload your design. It's a print-on-demand peep, and then, you know you can make a few bucks off of everything that you sell. Uh, but I also do go over to clovertack.com in-house swag. So I've got the caps, which are all made locally here. Uh, wonderful lady that that embroiders those. Do I pay more for them? Yeah, absolutely I do. Um, but, you know, it's supporting a local business by doing that. All of the stickers, my buddy, I got a buddy that's in the printing business and all of my stickers are made by him. So, you know, with that in-house swag. Now, that's more of a hassle for me because I do have to keep up with the inventory on that, right? I do have to ship those things uh, from here. Uh, I got to worry about restocking and, and, and that sort of thing. Thankfully, I'm not, you know, it's not fire sale. I'm not blowing through all that stuff fast enough that it's a huge deal. But that's the, the benefits and the drawbacks, I guess, uh, to those. Um, Spreadshirt seemed to me, there's a lot of companies that facilitate print on demand. Um, and I tried a bunch over the course of about a year. Uh, I'd say a bunch. I tried three or four. Spreadshirt was the most consistent, I found, um, as far as the quality. That's the beautiful thing about in-house is, you know, I go to pick up the caps from my my embroidery gal. And if they suck, I mean, I say, hey, these suck. And she redoes them or whatever if i go to pick up the stickers for my buddy and they suck i tell him they, they hey these suck i can't sell these you know you you didn't cut them right or they're the wrong color you printed the wrong color or whatever you know the, the deal is um and you don't have that control when a third party is is printing but as far as your swag in-house versus third party and some of those options um budget i'll let you jump in uh, first on this one it's a combination. I use Spreadshirt for some stuff. Uh, I use some other companies like for stickers. Uh, for the initial batch, I'll use Rockin' Monkey. Uh, they do a pretty good job on making stickers. And then after that, I'll transition that to Spreadshirt so I don't have to order it again and, and I can just let them print it on demand. Um, for the hats that I sell, I get patches made and then I sew the patches onto the hat my damn self. Um, 
really that that's what I've been doing as far as swag so far. Um, and, and that has seemed to work. I have a guy actually just down the street, like about a block and a half away who can do it if I want to have him do it. But I, I've had him do a couple and I wasn't super happy with it, but I'm thinking about trying the other print shop in town to see what, uh, what their prices would be. It just depends on if there's enough interest to right. justify me spending that kind of money. Right. Um, Papa coming to you, uh, in-house swag versus third party. Ooh, can, can I, can I add one thing? Yeah, go ahead. I do have to add that you're absolutely correct about, Hey, if you go to the embroidery person and it's like, dude, these suck, you can get it redone right there. I have a third party do my uh, patches and I got some right of the people patches. And there's a reason you haven't seen me hawking them and, and pimping them out is because I'm not real happy with the colors they chose. Um, so yeah, I, uh, that's it, kind of a caveat emptor. Be real careful when you're approving proofs and whatnot that they send you on emails and stuff. I just went through that, uh, with the new logo for the MK outdoor journal patch. I, I, I made them redo that artwork four or five times before I was satisfied with it. And we'll see if it really looks the same when, uh, <laughs> when it arrives. All right. Uh, Papa, jump in here. Hey, um, yeah, I've uh, I've used Spreadshirt. Uh, I've gotten a few shirts from them. My dad's got one. Um, I've sold one or two. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the quality of them. Uh, I need to get on there and maybe add some more patterns and stuff. But qu quality of that's been consistent. Um, and then I've got an ex-co-worker um, that's up in Sioux Falls that has his own print shop. So all of my in-house swag, I've had him do. Um, and most of that stuff has just been giveaways. I, I've really never sold any of that stuff. It's just kind of to promote the channel. Uh, Ghost jump in here in house swag versus third party. Yeah, I use Spreadshirt for you know third party, all the shirts, stickers, and cell phone cases, and backpacks, and mugs, and all that stuff. I like it. It seems to work well. And I've actually I, I've ordered several of them when I first started working with them. Uh, just to see the quality of different things and the quality has been really good. So, yeah, I know that, you know, when people order something that they're going to get a decent shirt or a decent hat or whatever it may be, uh, in-house swag. I use so many different companies and I'll honestly, uh, stickers. I've used a couple of different companies, patches. I've used a couple of different companies just trying to find the best deal out there. But yeah, I, I think you just have to go and, and, and uh, be patient. Don't just rush into the first Google search term that says, hey, we sell patches. Right. Don't just jump into the first one. Go search a bunch of them to see what's the best deal. Uh, for me, it might be something like, hey, I want to I use a veteran-owned patch company or a hat company or sticker company or whatever, you know, whatever your criteria is going to be. Um, and then once you find a company that you like and you're, you're satisfied with their product and and pricing and all of that, then you're, you know, you can stick with them all you want. But I'm also an opportunistic buyer. Uh, I'm going to go and find a company that might sell it for 20 cents cheaper. Well, 20 cents cheaper is a big deal sometimes. So, uh, yeah, I'm always on the lookout. But I, I will I will say that once you find a good company, it, it's hard to go away from them because you know what you're going to get from them. Right. You know, and, and one thing that you bring up, I'll, I'll kind of uh, – 
I'll kind of add to that is, you know, once you are looking around and you find some, some companies that do what you want to do as far as the third party side of things, um, is sign up for their email list and stuff because occasionally they run specials <laughs> and you, yep. you know, if you're not in a hurry to get stuff, you may wait around for a special. I tell people that about Spreadshirt, as a matter of fact, all the time. It's like, if you want to buy any of my stuff from Spreadshirt, they run percentage off multiple times a month. So just click on that store once a week or something until you see that there's a sale and buy it. Right. Uh, same thing. If you're getting gear for your, for yourself, uh, sign up for some of the, the places that make patches for their newsletters and different things. And they'll, they'll throw specials out there and then take advantage of those. That helps. Uh, Joe in-house swag versus third party. Joe is showing unmuted, but he's not talking. So, so we're going to skip Joe for now and go no. to the track. Oh, there he is. Sorry. Sitting on the cord. So I don't have any in-house swag at the moment. Uh, I, I don't have any swag for the channel, but I'm in the process of getting it through Black Swan Tactical for my t-shirts. But for, for patches and stuff like that, I know there's a lot of like Instagram accounts that like trying to say, hey, we make patches. First, do your research and make sure it's not a scam. But yep. they give you that at least gives you like, okay, this is what this company makes. So that's another avenue to look when it comes to patches. But I haven't really had any experiences with swag. Right. Uh, Travis, jump in here. In-house versus third party on your swag. Uh, let's see. I for stickers, I go through Allen Anchor, and then for swag, I just go through what YouTube suggestion. I think it's spring.com, used to be Teespring. And then I started off with a spreadshirt, or I've got a spreadshirt store out there, but uh, Teespring is what pops up on my YouTube videos at the bottom, right? So I haven't looked locally. I, I and honestly, I'm not mine is just my logo on logo on everything. I see some of these t shirts that that you know people wear and. I'm just, I'm not creative like that. So I do need to work with somebody to develop some ideas for shirts because I just, I can't, for whatever reason, can't think on that level when it comes to cool, funny, sarcastic, or, you know, whatever types of t-shirts I, you know, so I'm very limited in what I do, but I just stick with uh, spring and, and also Alan. Anchor. Yeah. That's a great point on the, uh, on the creative side of things. Some people, it's just not their, not their bag, unfortunately. Um, I wish, but yeah, I would say that, there is a potential to utilize viewers for some of those ideas and some of that stuff. So maybe, you know, Hey, if you come up with a cool shirt idea, maybe run some kind of contest. And it's like, if you come up with a cool shirt idea, then, uh, and we choose your idea and run with it, we'll send you a free shirt or, you know, some, something like that. Uh, it may be involved. The, uh, the viewers in it could be interesting. Hey man, I got a drawing coming up for a firearm. I might have to base it off of that instead. <laughs> Not the winner, um, but just submissions get entered into the yeah, drawing. So not the yeah. first time uh, yeah. that somebody's done that with uh, artwork submission. Yeah, uh, and that could give you multiple ideas. Honestly, uh, Rogue, jump in here real quick. Uh, In-house swag versus third party. My um, third party is um, Spreadshirt. I used to be with Teespring, uh, but I moved to Spreadshirt just because I just thought the quality was a little better. Uh, and when I went there, I didn't order. And I actually, one of my shirts came in uh, damaged. So I had the opportunity to see how they dealt with that. 
And um, it was it was a great experience. So definitely don't have a you know a burning desire to leave them. Um, you know, in house with patches, I just had my first patches this year, and uh, that worked out pretty well. And then uh, um, I just had my first stickers, and I haven't sold patches and I haven't sold stickers so far. They've been kind of just giveaways to to people for thanks and and uh you know and you know thanks for supporting or just thanks for helping me out right and uh maybe eventually i'll do that for sale but right now i'm just kind of i want those those patches stickers to be something special right um so let's shift gears uh again somebody brought up subscribe star earlier not in my notes but we need to lump that one into this uh, the fan funding, I guess, side of things when it comes to monetization. Um, Subscribestar comes to mind. Not a, a huge fan of that um, feature-wise. Um, YouTube channel members for me is sort of the same way. Um, I like the ability to pre-release some content. Um, I like the emojis. I like some of the other cool stuff. G-Webs just threw one of the revolver emojis out there. Um, but as far as the communication methods and the different things that we can do with YouTube channel members, um, it's just, to me, it's not as robust as Patreon. To me, Patreon is the benchmark for fan funding type uh, platform, um, just with everything you can do over there. Um, so that's kind of, you know, if I had to rank them, I would say Patreon over YouTube channel members over Subscribestar. Uh, but being on all of them, probably uh, not the most horrible idea as far as when to, when to start them. Uh, kind of like when we talked about my opinion with is, is what we talked about with the very first of this podcast with when and why, um, as soon as possible, have it in play because you never know when somebody's going to pop up and want to do. Uh, something like that become uh, a more important and involved part of the channel. Uh, my YouTube channel members and Patreon patrons are, that's why I give them thanks every single podcast is that's my board of directors. Matt, you know, if I, if I'm looking for some directions, if I have a, a question about, you know, which way I want to go with this, that, or the other, uh, I know I can put it out there. And I know those folks are, are going to give me their, their honest opinion because they genuinely have an investment in the channel. Um, Rogue, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Um, yeah, channel member platforms. Uh, thoughts on, on those? So Patreon is mine. Uh, I do have a subscribe star, but I don't think I've even logged into it in the past six months. Um, I don't push it. I didn't like it. So I have it, but it's just not something I, I maintain. Uh, channel memberships is something I've been working on. I'm really close to pulling the trigger on it, but um, I just uh, I just haven't. There's a couple more things I want to do, and and uh, I, the one thing I like about the channel memberships is people tend to be lazy, and they don't want to leave the platform. So um, that's kind of where uh, I, I can see uh, the channel memberships working better than. Uh, Patreon, but I, I agree with you. I think Patreon is is the benchmark for it.
Joe, you're up on uh, fan funding platforms or options. So I use Patreon. Uh, I I don't push it as much as I should. Uh, I haven't really. I never really checked out Subscribestar just because I, I don't know. I want. I rather get my Patreon started first and get that get that ball rolling before I branch out to like Subscribestar. I don't think I'm actually eligible for channel membership yet, but uh, yeah, Patreon it it works for me. I have like you know, two or three of them. But it, it, I like the personal aspect of it where you we have followers, yeah. subscribers, whatever we call the people that watch our content actually enjoy us enough to hey, I'll throw a buck your way. So it, it's more of it's more humbling than anything else. Right. Uh ghost on fan funding. Um, I mean I pretty much just use Patreon and the YouTube channel memberships, but you know, there's there's the aspect of the Patreon out there that um, it doesn't get talked about a lot. And I think most of us in here that have patrons, uh, we do this, but supporting other creators through your Patreon yep. is big as well. And, and especially like for me, I like to support channels that are smaller than me and especially are just starting out that, you know, when you get that new Patreon and you've only got two or three, like Joe, you get a new Patreon. It's a big deal. Like, oh man. You know, and I think that's part of it is, supporting each other whether we're getting support from viewers or whatever is great but i think we have to support each other as well as 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 friends and all of that because you know when it comes right down to it um if something bad happens who are you gonna go to you know you're gonna go to the people that are supporting you and and uh a part of like you said that board director a part of your family or whatever you want to call it those are the ones that you you're going to ask questions to because they have that interest and that vested interest in your projects to where you sit there and say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do y'all think? And I think that's the biggest part of the fan funding is not just necessarily the money. It's, it's passing off ideas and, and kind of saying, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do y'all think? And if they say, yeah, 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 yeah. Or no, 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 no. Next thing you know, you've got these ideas that could possibly be good. Right. Um, Travis, jump in here on uh, fan funding. Oh, you know, I think it's I honestly I think you should get yourself into as much as you possibly can as soon as possible just to start building that fan base. Try it, you know, see what you think about it. Me, I mean, I just primarily stick with Patreon myself and uh that's about it. I don't really have much to say about it because I don't I don't really have a lot of options out there, you know, in terms of what I what I offer people in terms of the fan funding side so right yeah papa jump in here on uh, the fan funding side of stuff you know I'm, I'm all for it um i've got a patreon but i have yet to figure that nut out um <laughs> i spent uh a friday evening and half a saturday trying to set up some stuff and put videos and stuff on there and it just frustrated me to the point i haven't signed on since right um, yeah, it's, un it's unfortunate uh, i'm going to look into the channel membership i need to figure patreon out but uh yeah, that's part of my game that I need to work on. Right. Uh, budget, finish this one out. I have uh, Patreon and channel memberships. Um, I really need to work those more. I need to post more content over there. I need to give more, uh, pay more attention to it. It's it's one of those things that unfortunately just kind of slips from me, you know, as far as 
putting videos out to before I release them publicly, post them over there. I do some of that. A couple people watch them. Eh. I, I I need to work on building that engagement over there on that on that platform. Um, right. But yeah, I use them, but not not as well as I could, not as well as I sh- as I should. I think. Right. Well, it's kind of like we talked about, um, kind of about what what we talked about earlier with the positives and the negatives. I mean, yes, it's a revenue stream, but it's also extra work. So, uh, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, now, moving on. I mean, here's another one that we nobody has brought up, but we we talked about super chats. Obviously, uh, we brought that up in, in talking about the YouTube side of things. But there's also PayPal. You've got PayPal donation. Um, and I do occasionally receive just a random, not a purchase through the swag store or anything like that. Just a random PayPal donation. Why? I've got a link for that on, on the website. And occasionally that happens. Um, so, you know, I think that Super Chat, the reason that it's so popular and it, it sucks that YouTube takes it such a big bite out of that. But one of the reasons it's so popular is it's so easy to use. Uh, you don't have to go find a PayPal link and all of that. But um, as far as that type of donation, uh, more of like a direct type donation, uh, I've actually got a $10 bill, $5 bill, $20 bill in the mail before too, uh, which is interesting. So as far as like direct with Super Chat, with PayPal, with maybe somebody mailed you something, um, you know, any experience with those that we want to talk about, I guess, real quick. Uh, Joe, start out with you. So I haven't, like, had any experience with it. I think it's a great idea. You could set up, like, a Venmo. You could set up a, a Cash App or PayPal. Uh, it, it's all, I think it all stems from how much do you produce for your fan base? And how much trust do they have to where they say, "All right, hey, I'm gonna send some money your way," right? Um, gain your gain the trust with your viewers before right. you start doing stuff like that. That's true. That's valid. Uh, budget. Yes. PayPal. Um, yeah, actually, actually, I, I, I very rarely get a, uh, get a super chat and I don't believe I've ever gotten a PayPal donation. It, uh, just isn't something that's happened. I believe I have, I have to check my site and to make sure that link's not broken, but I believe I have a donate button somewhere in there. Uh Um, and never got one. (laughs) So somebody out there listening, they may have to fix that. Oh, ghost. What about you on the more direct side yeah, of donation? I, I, I get occasionally, you know, maybe four or five a year, kind of a PayPal thing. Not very often. Uh, my super chats, I, I kind of do my super chats differently. All of my super chats go towards sending care packages to our troops overseas. I started that back in, you know, around Thanksgiving of last year, um, preparing to send stuff over to for Christmas. I just kind of carried on to think that it's, it's just something, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's it's also a little bit selfish because I can write some of that off on taxes as a donation to yep. a charitable uh, organization, but it's also helping people. 
So I, mean, I love Super Chats, but I, but I don't get any of it personally. As a matter of fact, the 40% that YouTube takes, I actually cover that so that if someone gives a $10 donation, I'll cover that $4 right? so that they get the whole amount over to uh, send care packages. But I think there's a lot of stuff. And one thing we haven't talked about, and G is kind of the master at figuring out different revenue streams, but eBay and different things that you can put your products, not just on your website, but you can sell them on eBay and different um that's true. Things like that, that, uh, you know, Amazon influencer stores, all sorts. You can just get creative. There's stuff out there that you can find to generate different revenue streams. Right. Um, Travis, jump in here on uh, kind of the direct approach, Super Chat, PayPal, that sort of thing. I've only received a handful of Super Chats. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, if they show up, that's great. And it's always cool to, to recognize the people that do that. Um, I've had people actually send money because they didn't like the fact that Patreon kept a certain percentage of it or YouTube kept a certain percentage of it. So they would send right. like what right. they would contribute over the course of a year. They actually would send it up to SS Pond because they couldn't find me and they wanted to surprise me and they couldn't find my address anywhere. So they would send it to SS Pond. So Stan would be like, Hey, I got an envelope for you. You want to come up here and open this? I'm like, Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I just kind of a funny side note. I actually had somebody send me a, uh, a trigger pin for an AR-15, and they said, well, now that you got the pin, you need to go build an AR and do a video on it. So I was like, and unfortunately, I couldn't because, you know, I want to get in trouble with YouTube, but I did go make the lower, and I did feature that on Patreon and stuff, so that was kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, as for uh, the, the contributions directly, I don't ask for PayPal at all. I, I could. I don't even think I even have a link for it in my in my channel. Um, and if people want to do that, that's great. You know, but I, yeah. Right. Uh, Papa, jump in here on uh, the more direct approach of uh, Super Chat, PayPal. You know, I, I've thought of that. I just didn't realize it was available to me. Um, yeah, I've got a PayPal account, but I didn't know they had a donation thing. You know, I, it's been that long since I guess I've been on it. Uh, Rogue, finish us out on this one. We got one more we need to cover. Yeah, I, I give uh, PayPal every once in a while. Um, I have a, a donate link on the web page and sometimes I get an email and they just, you know, go through the media contact on the, on the thing. They're like, Hey, just, just want to send you some money. And I give them the address and they'll send it. And I even have crypto donate buttons on the website and someone actually gave me some Bitcoin. Um, and what's so funny is when they gave it to me, it was like three bucks worth of Bitcoin. I think, I think it's like 15 or 20 bucks now just sitting there. So that was, uh, that was kind of the most unique, uh, unique one I got. Right. So let's, uh, let's finish this one out. We, we talked about some YouTube monetization for far too long earlier. It's like, good Lord, we're, it's going to be over two hours before we get out of here, unfortunately. Um, but we did talk a little bit about, uh, links and, so Amazon, the influencer store, um, affiliate links or affiliate links uh, at random or at large. Now, for those that are unaware, there are a lot of different affiliate networks. Uh, Avant link is one, Vig uh, link, Commission Junction, um, Pepper Jam. There's multiple multiple companies out there that... that um, or networks out there that you can join that 
if you're a smaller channel, that could be a way to get your foot in the door uh, because a lot of times companies will offer uh, direct affiliate links. They'll say, hey, use this code or uh, promote this code or use this link. Uh, but you got to be a certain size uh, before they, they do that. And so being a part of a network, uh, one of these networks allows you, like a kid, Avant Link, Big Link, Pepper Jam, um, allows you the opportunity. They do take a, a cut of the cut that you get, <laughs> but it allows you the opportunity to get uh, some access, at least, to a variety of different companies as far as affiliate stuff. Uh, my experience, and, and we'll run this through the panel, and, and you guys can talk a little bit about your experience with different affiliates. Um, but with any of the networks that I'm a part of, I mean, Amazon dwarfs them. And why? Because everybody shops Amazon for everything, it seems like. Uh, whereas the randomness of the other affiliates, don't get me wrong, um, you know, Vault Link, something like that, I could have some months that are several hundred dollars because somebody did use my links and they ended up buying uppers and lowers and parts and, you know, some pretty high dollar items. Um, but as a whole, consistently, um, I think for me, it's it's Amazon without a doubt. Um, Ghost, we'll kick it off with you on this one. Uh, different affiliates, including Amazon. Yeah, I, I my affiliate network is Avant Lake, and you know I, I get some every now and then, uh, mostly through Gear Report. Um, I would say the vast majority of my am, uh, affiliate links that get purchases are from the Gear Report articles, and, and that's great. But yeah, for me, it's it's overwhelmingly Amazon. Um, you know, and thank you to everyone who uses my influencer store link to Amazon. That's great. I appreciate you guys. Cause you know, that's it. like you said, everyone shops Amazon. And if you're eligible to get an influencer store uh, and a link through Amazon, then do it because you know, that's, that's an easy free way to support your creator. Cause if you're going to be on Amazon, all you gotta do is go, you know, through a certain link and then just do your normal shopping on Amazon. But it, it really does help you. You don't realize that, every little dollar adds up to um, a lot that, you know, helps a lot down the road. And especially if you're able to give uh, during black Friday and you're able to get uh, uh, like, I had a, I had a company that I'm working with that released uh, a product and I said, Hey, um, we're going to release it on Amazon on this date. And it's going to be really discounted off. You might want to go ahead and put your link out there. And sure enough, I sold like six of them that day. So it was really kind of cool. So thanks everyone. But yeah, Amazon for sure is, is by far and away the best, or at least for me, the best. Right. Uh, Papa, as far as uh, affiliate stuff, including Amazon, any thoughts? Um, yeah, if you can do it, that's great. Uh, I'm the one person who doesn't shop Amazon. Ah. Uh, my wife does, but I am the one that doesn't. Right. Uh, but you know, I probably need to, to look into that. Uh, I have put some links on my, my videos for some of the smaller guys that I've done reviews for. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, one of them, yeah, they send me uh, stuff every once in a while to review. Uh, and one of them told me I was the, the top coupon code on, on his website. So oh, that was kind of kind of nice to hear. Right. Awesome. Uh, Travis, jump in here on affiliate stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, it, and you know, ghost has, a, you know, makes a pretty good point. It's, you know, it's having that, having that influencer influencer store can be a great thing because people are just shopping on there anyway. Um, I, I don't have one on Amazon. I need to look into that. Um, the only affiliate links I really do ever post would be Olight and then also a blackout coffee company. And so not black rifle, but blackout coffee company instead. But, um, those are the only two that I really do that I've ever really posted. So, but I mean, they, um, they reached out to me. So, I mean, that that's worked out really good. Um, but otherwise that's pretty much it for me. Uh, budget been here. Let's see. Let me pull down my folder here. <laughs> He's got a boulder. He's fancy. Yeah. Amazon Avant link share a sale impact link connector. Unfortunately, most of that, Man, <laughs> pretty right. much. Uh, Amazon is the most consistently used, and that's only to the tune of about maybe 20, 25 bucks a month. Uh, people just aren't, for some reason, going there through my lake. Right. Right. Is what it is. Maybe I don't push it enough. Maybe I'm not trying to spread it around on as many channel, many uh, platforms as I can. I don't know. But right. I'm not doing something right. Well, it's there. Um, I had, uh, some crazy, I had a pretty awesome Amazon month here. I don't know, a couple months back and, um, whoever, if you're out there, if you're listening and you own a boat and you use my link, uh, I guess you know who you are, but, um, yeah, somebody bought a ton of equipment, like fixing up a boat or something. And I mean, cause it freaked me out. I was like, Oh my God, what, what, how in the world? And so you can go in and see you know, what your commissions are on and, and stuff like that. I was like, wow. So don't know who it was, but uh, if you're out there and you have a boat, you fixed it up and you use my link to do that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Joe, jump in here, affiliate link stuff. So I use a Vaunt link. Uh, I just, I actually got kicked off the Amazon store twice and now i'm on my third go around so i use a i use a von link more than anything else um maybe three or four, one or two sales a month here or there mostly through like brown owls or tandem cross those are my two big ones and then uh other than that it, it if i pushed them more yeah i think i'd probably see a lot more uptick i try and but what I because what I do is I'll throw all like you know holiday deals or if I'm doing a sp specific product where I can get a link I'll throw it on my Tumblr account make a blog post and then I'll link the blog post directly in my descriptions so when I do become monetized nothing like that would like get flagged if they ever were to look at my older videos and saw direct links I just throw it on my Tumblr that way. Yeah. Um, worth the trigger out there. So for affiliate stuff, you have to keep up fresh links. They do fail over time. Yeah, you can't get broken links. Uh, that's one of the beautiful things about Amazon. Yeah, you don't have that problem nearly as much as Amazon as you do with some other companies and, and even networks. So I have to keep that up. Ghost had a follow up. Yeah, I just want to kind of uh, for those and Joe brought up a thing that most people don't know or realize is with Amazon. Um, especially when you first sign up, you need to push that Amazon influencer link out there because if you don't sell X amount of a threshold in that first 30 days or 60 days, 
they can review it and say, ah, you're no longer going to be in the influencer program. So if you do get accepted in the, in the Amazon thing, look, it's there for a reason. Push it. You know, put it out on your community tab. Put it out on Instagram. Put it on your website. Put it on Facebook. Uh, or find uh, something that you think that people are looking for and, and, and utilize that link and put on Facebook or wherever. But utilize it because if you don't get sales, they can take that away from you. So you, right. if you've got it, push it out there. It's there for a reason, you know? Right. And, and while we're on that, um, a couple of things that I know uh, with Amazon, number one, there's two different avenues or there's one Avenue and an extension of said Avenue, maybe <coughs> pardon me. Um, the first is um, being a, a part of the Amazon affiliate program. Okay. Um, that means you've got your, you log in and then you can get links for individual items and you can share those links around. Okay. For shared links to specific products, there is, again, this goes back into the whole conversation we had about YouTube monetization and being able to read and understand and know policy. Amazon has a policy. If you put that stuff behind any type of a login wall, um, let's say you've got a public page on Facebook. You're cool. Throw that stuff on your public page. You're fine because it's a public page. Nobody has to have a Facebook account to see that. However, if you take that link and you put that within a closed group on Facebook, well, obviously, to be a member of a closed group on Facebook, you have to have an account and you have to be logged in. And then not only that, but you have to be accepted and get into that group. Right. It's not in the public eye. Um, they can delete your account for doing that, for putting links behind uh, logins and stuff like that. Um, now, the way around that is the Amazon Influencer Store. Once you have an Influencer Store, you curate your categories and playlists for your store, and it's branded with your, you know, your logo and, and everything else. Uh, and it's a more of a vanity type URL as opposed to a bunch of wiggy wig numbers, which is the affiliate links usually are. Um, and you can share that anywhere. It doesn't matter where you share it. So uh, once you get into the affiliate program, just be mindful of where you're sharing those links, first of all. And then if you have the option um, and can get into the Amazon Influencer Store program, that's the way to go. Uh, Rogue, jump in here. Finish this out on uh, affiliates. Yeah, my primary network is AvantLink. Um, and that was actually the hardest one for me to get into. Uh, I wasn't big enough when I first started. And I actually had an affiliate relationship with a company that was moving to the Avant link off of uh, another uh, network that I was on. And they actually helped me get approved. So uh, that's my big one. Um, I, I have my Amazon. My Amazon is consistent, but it's consistently low. Uh, and then my, my payouts from Avant link are you know, are, are pretty nice when they happen. They don't happen very often. And quite frankly, I think most of my things is because, you know, I do the disassembly reassembly. So Brownells is the, is my big one. Um, it's mostly me buying Brownell stuff and using my own affiliate points and, uh, and, and getting my, getting my payout from my own stuff I'm buying. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
if you could do that, it's kind of like cash back. So kind of, I mean, you can't pull that with Amazon. Right. Uh, Amazon's pretty good with it, but some of these networks, if you can, you shop your own affiliate links. Um, why, yeah, you know, see, why not get a little bit of money, money back? See, my wife, uh, talking about Amazon, my wife and I have never, well, we have some joint accounts, but day-to-day -day operations, we do not share a bank account. That way, we never run the risk of somebody doing something because we don't we don't pay attention to what each other's buying or doing. Um, that way, we don't run the risk of somebody, you know, spending money on something and then you know somebody being off somewhere can't get gas no. or do this or do that. Uh, it, we've always been that way; it's nothing new. Um, so she's got a totally separate bank account. Totally, it's tied to totally separate email. Her email is like a hotmail. Um, you know, but because the address is it's coming to the same address, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, it's like they know they know, and so she's used it in the past, and I've never got one red cent off Amazon for her. Now my my daughter and my son, you know what I mean. But they live; they don't live here at home. They live it's a different address, so um, a little different with that type of situation. Um, yeah, we've beat monetization absolutely to death tonight, so. We're over uh, two hours. Let's get this one uh, closed out and get the heck out of here for sure. Uh, Joe, we'll start out with you. Final thoughts, uh, if you have any on monetization and then plugs and that sort of stuff, uh, let us have it. Well, honestly, if you can monetize, there's some ups and downs to doing it. You can get a lot of benefits from it, and you can also uh make it more profitable as a creator but monetization just do it as fast as possible uh, I, I i'm chomping at the bit to try and get monetized uh but thank you for having me on brother i really appreciate it for those who are looking to find me check me out shooting gallery ne on youtube you can same thing on tiktok as well instagram uh and facebook and patreon as well uh, tomorrow we got the 80% arms GST nine video coming out. So I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. Uh, budget, the artist formerly known as budget, Mike, MK, whatever you are now, uh, next, it's just going to be a symbol on the screen. I'm guessing. That's right. That's right. Um, I really don't have anything to add further to the discussion. I think you're right. That, uh, that horse has been beaten into hamburger. Um, or horse burger or whatever you want to call it ground horse, but it's gone. Anyhow, it's a smear. Uh, <laughs> so I just want to say thanks for the invite. As always, I learn something every time I come on your panel here and do this show. If you guys want to check my stuff out, go to mkoutdoorjournal.com or MK outdoor journal here on, on YouTube. I am still budget guns and gear on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm going to be changing that stuff up shortly. Uh, you can find my Amazon influencer store links in the descriptions of all my videos and on my website. I might have to change it off of the descriptions of my videos, even though I haven't had a problem with that yet, but the operative word being yet. Right. Uh, as far as stuff coming out, I've got... Well, I just, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I just filmed a kind of uh, upgrade and update video to the XR EP9. 
Um, so go check that out real soon. And I will have a Woodsman Wednesday coming out next week. I missed it this week because I was really busy doing some stuff with the wife. So I missed it this week. But next week's Woodsman Wednesday is going to be on making char cloth and what it is and why you want to make it. So go check that out. And as always, tomorrow we will have at 7 p.m. Eastern, the right of the people where we use the first to defend the second. We talk about Second Amendment related politics, news and current events. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about Uncle Touchy's wonderful speech there <laughs> tomorrow in depth. So see you guys then. And thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Clover. Thanks for jumping on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Papa. You're up. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, always a great discussion. Um, yeah, we beat this to death, but you know, I think a lot of people here learn some stuff too. So sometimes you got to revisit this stuff and it may be a little repetitive for some of the panel, but, or some of the viewers, but you know, I always pick up something. Um, got my first knife video coming out, uh, this weekend. Uh, if you want to check out my stuff, it's 45 alpha Charlie Poppet at YouTube. Um, I'm also over on, um, full 30 and gun streamer but that's all i've got awesome uh mr travis yes sir um i think we covered a lot of the you know the positives negatives ins and ins and outs of all these different options and you know if you're somebody who has a growing channel and curious about wanting to make money off that channel and maximize your revenue i mean go back and take notes on this podcast that we just that we're finishing up with do a lot of those things and you can bring success to your channel, but just be ready to put a lot of time into it, a lot of effort, a lot of dedication. Uh, if you do those things, I mean, there's, there's some good, there's a bright future for you on YouTube or just even online. So yeah, I appreciate you. Bye, man. Thank you. I bet. Um, broke. Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, we, we really did beat this one to death, but it it's good information to have, especially if you're just starting a channel because you're, you're getting hit with so many things that you're trying to learn all at once. And here's yet another thing that you got to learn. So here's the, you know, the what seven of us tonight talking about this thing about what we've done and, you know, just use that, learn from what we've, you know, the mistakes we've learned from, uh, don't make those same mistakes and, uh, definitely, definitely get your, uh, monetization game going early. Uh, thanks for the invite. It's it's always great to be on on, on Thursday nights. I, I this is kind of one of the highlights of my week is to get on here. But um, you know, it's <laughs> I like to joke around because they say the direct translation of my name, my last name is one who's a talkative person. And then you just gave me two hours and fourteen minutes to talk. So this is awesome for me. But uh, my channel is the Rogue Banshee. You can get me on uh, YouTube. I had a uh, a poll and everybody decided 308 over 22. So uh, tomorrow when I release the video, there will be a 308 being shot in that video. And it is going to be a video on the Coldwell Hydro Sled. So definitely uh, check it out tomorrow. And uh, thanks for having me on. Bet. Working on getting Scott Asher link out there. Got to do that. Uh, Ghost. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, I want to do my little spiel again and say, look, if you know someone out there, you notice somebody, whether you know them or not, that looks like they might be struggling with something in life. Talk to them. Ask, say hello. Sometimes you might be the only personal correspondence with a human being that someone has every day. 
And if you think they need help, don't be afraid to offer an ear. Uh, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline or any crisis hotline. 1-800-273-8255 is that you can get 24-7 whether you're a veteran or not. But understand that uh, you might be the person that saves someone's life just by saying hi. And if you notice someone is struggling, they look like they're having issues, take five minutes out of your life and be a good human being and just say, hey, everything okay? Can I help you? Whether you know them or not, just say, hey, can I help you with anything? Do you need to talk or can I, can I take you somewhere? Like I said, there are some people that truly believe they're alone in this world. And the simplest hello, how are you doing, could literally change someone's outlook on life. So uh, that's all i got to say. But thanks for having me on. Yeah. I mean, sometimes just the acknowledgement of their existence is enough. Uh, it's really all they're, they're looking for. Um, yeah, as far as here on the channel, we beat this one to death. But, you know, going as long as we did. Pretty confident to say we probably covered some things that were not covered previously. So uh, hopefully for the uh, fellow creator out there who wanted us to talk about monetization, uh, hopefully they went all two hours and 17 minutes at this point. And uh, hopefully they've also learned something as well as everybody else that has joined live and uh, managed to get through the entire replay. Thank you for that. Remember, if you are in replay, comments down below. The conversation can continue. You can ask questions, all that good stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's going to do it, I suppose, for this week here in the uh, studio. Till next week, stay nerdy. Mm -hmm.